I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the best song in the world right there. Tim, what's up? How are you Howdy. doing, uh, Doing really good. Happy Wednesday to all. It's Clemson week. Let's get ready to see uh, what this Irish does against the top five foe here, right? Yep. All right. Well, yeah. It's Pod Like a Champion for you, you uh, podcast folks. Notre Dame football show for YouTube. Um, lots to talk about. Notre Dame Clemson week. Clemson was what, number four? Is that right, Tim? Number four? Number four. Uh, yep. Very it's, deserving. Uh, it's a huge clash uh, between Notre Dame five and three Notre Dame squad versus an undefeated Clemson squad. Seven thirty p.m. Eastern time, um, and you can find the game on NBC. Um, tons to preview and, and discuss about this game, and we also have a special guest somewhere. Um, Robert, yep, yeah, we we got you, bro. Uh, we, we we're we're talking about your uh, your tweet you sent me a couple weeks ago, so we got you. Oh, um, yeah. We've got a special guest about halfway through the show. Notre Dame class of 2024 wide receiver commit Cam Williams will be joining us. Um, Williams, his team lost in the first round of its playoffs, uh, but he had an outstanding year and, and was bumped from, you know, a player outside the top 100 to um, on, on threes rankings, has him as the number 20 overall player and the number five receiver in the country. So I'm a big time recruit committed to Notre Dame. So lots to discuss. Uh, please do hit the thumbs up if you're watching with us live or watching back. And if you're listening via podcast and you like our show, please do um, you know leave us a kind rating and review. Tim, that was on Sunday. That was your first Goolsby show appearance. I know you've done a couple shows with him before. What would you think? I mean, I had a great time. I just kind of got to sit back, look at my phone. What, what, how, how was your time? No, yeah, me and Mike, uh, you know, we did a few shows, obviously, when Kelly left and uh, Marcus Freeman got hired. Those were those were some fun, long shows we did back then. That was that was good. I think we did one for like two hours, and you had to kick us off. And, uh, no, it was awesome. We did 90 minutes. It was great to talk some Notre Dame football. I know a lot of people enjoyed it. You know, Mike and I we were texting today just – talking about some defensive stuff together. We had a, you know, so we just, you know, we love chatting about Notre Dame football. And I think he likes that. I like chatting about it all the time. So bringing the old captain out in him and uh, talking football. I know he's excited. I know he's going to be there this Saturday. Uh, he's really, really excited to sit up there with one of his uh, clients and uh, watch Notre Dame Clemson go toe to toe. So no, it was, it was awesome talking to Goolsby, interacting with the fans. And I know a lot of people enjoyed it. So I would love to do another one after the season and do a onward to 2023 show. How's that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We always talk, we always talk about slash joke with ghouls about like sayings that we need to put on shirt, like let let your hair dang let your hair hang, or you know, let your sack hang a little bit, dare dare I say. Sorry for the PG 13 language, but uh, I think one of them for for the Tim Hyde angle is love chit chatting. Tim Hyde loves saying the word chit chat. <laughs> So uh, yeah, we gotta find uh, find that for I love uh, it. that that phrase exact phrase to put on a t shirt. But uh, well, that's what it is. You know, it's funny because I always I do say that because you know I, I know you and I, Mike, when we first met and we started this, it was always just two dudes talking Notre Dame football, chit chatting with everyone, enjoying life, and uh, it is uh, it's awesome. It's, there's there's Some, nothing better. Sometimes you can enjoy this. Sometimes it's it's not as fun, but uh, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, uh, let, let's start with the. Uh, our, our best of the week segment, and um, I don't have yours pulled up, um, but I'm sure I can find it real quick. So uh, why don't you tell us what yours is, uh, Mr. Hyde? Well, my best of the week was seeing a, a tweet 
PFF Pro Football Focus put out. Right. Even I saw Notre Dame, uh, uh, Notre Dame, the official webpage uh, Twitter feed put one out, Mike, a little video of Joe Alt. I just love seeing this. I think he's been a – I mean, we have talked so much about a billion things, that I feel like, this football season. And we forget about probably a guy who's right now would be the se- a second-team All-American. I think first team is Paris Johnson, Ohio State, and the Northwestern tackler are just studs. Yep going to be top 10 draft picks, but Joe Alt's right there. And grading wise, he's better than them this year. So, which is awesome to see. I just love seeing that with Joe. I think he's had a heck of a year and he's, he's, he's so consistent. I mean, seriously, when you watch him, just his consistency, I mentioned when he, you know, as he started playing last year and even early this year, he reminds me of a ton of uh, first round draft choice in the nineties, Luke Pettigo who was a first-round draft pick for the Giants, played many years with the Giants. Just a sturdy, quiet left tackle, played uh, you know for Notre Dame back in the, the Bob Davey years. Outstanding football player back then. He really reminds me of him. Great technician. He's quiet like Zach Martin. I mean, there's times you didn't even notice Zach Martin. He's just out there dominating, and then he goes and wins the bowl game MVP. Joel has that type of ability. So he's had a really good year. And on top of that, with his games now where he's at, Starting to look at Blake Fisher. Blake Fisher just hit that Joel freshman, you know, threshold, so to speak, and games played. Sure. So, you know, Blake Fisher is now where he's at, is where Joel was at last year. He's caught up to him, and his play the last couple of weeks have been outstanding. And they, I mean, I mean, we've said it a million times: the bookend tackles. They're both sophomores, and these guys are really, really good football players. When they're on, they're on. Alt's got that experience. Fisher's catching up. I mean, you're looking at two All-Americans next year as juniors, I feel. Uh, for me, I, I was going to go with uh, John Sott, Notre Dame punter, um, kind of getting some honors. But um, nice. Yeah, I figure that's not the, the sexiest topic to, to, to discuss. Um, so I'm going right back to what I just said a, a few minutes ago. My best thing is Cam Williams joining the show. So uh, stay tuned to that uh, about uh, – yeah, about 25 minutes from now, um, we'll be talking with uh, Notre Dame class of 2024 wide receiver commit Cam Williams about why he picked Notre Dame, the committed life, um, you know that Notre Dame degree and the importance to him of that. Lots of good stuff. So make sure you uh, you you tune in for that. But all right, Tim. So let's talk yeah, one more, Mike. Yep. Please go ahead. Real quick, one more. Kudos uh, this Saturday, Michael Mayer. He's basically yeah. the all-time leader and. In- everything when it comes to tight ends at Notre Dame. So obviously they throw the ball a little bit more today than they did during those whole cheers and whatnot. But for him to be where he's at, to pass Ken McAfee, who is a college hall of famer, kudos to Michael Mayer looking for him to finishing out this career. And he's the, he's the record holder in what every category now. So he's a stud and we've been saying that all year long. So congrats to Mayer and uh, let's go have a great Clemson game for him. All right, yeah, let's dive into that Clemson game. Spread opened up at about four points in favor of Clemson. That's dropped down to three and a half. I know, wow. big, big drop. Um, for I mean, for a top five team going on the road, and it's you know about a field goal, which Notre Dame gets three points because they're at home. So Vegas is saying if this is on a neutral field, it's basically a pick 'em, uh, which I, I find very interesting. Um, Maybe Notre Dame is better than that five and three record. So Tim, how are you feeling about this game right now? I guess I feel the opposite. Um, I, I am, I'm stunned. I'll be honest with you. It's only a, a three point game right now. Um, this Clemson team's really good, and I, you know, and I don't know. You know, I've been chatting like crazy with guys on the message board. You know, just seeing the social media. The the obviously it's a big game. It's a hype. And whatnot, but I, I'm getting the feeling that people think this is 2020, and it's it's not. This is not the 2020 Notre Dame. This is not Florida State Notre Dame '93. You know the other iconic game that they've had there, or you know, there's been so many games. It's uh, you know, even the Bush Push game. That was that was one versus. Uh, I think Notre Dame was five when they played that game, or nine. One of those two, I forget. Um, obviously, SC was number one, longest winning streak in the country. But uh, this Clemson team is good. And I don't know why people, they're 8-0. People love to say, you know, one of my favorite sayings lately, and this has been going on for a while, is, well, this Clemson team's not that good. Because, Well, yeah, if you're comparing them to Deshaun Watson's title team, 
Trevor Lawrence's title team. Yeah, they're not that good because those guys had freaks at quarterback. Everywhere else, Clemson is really good. The numbers don't lie. They've gotten better each and every game, I feel, this year. And they got good football players all over the place. And, you know, when you look at a game like this, you start to outside of mayor and a couple offensive linemen, you know, I hate to be negative, Mike, but who's starting on Clemson from Notre Dame's football team? Uh, I mean, you know, and, and I'm just trying to be honest when looking at this game, this Clemson team is really, really good. You know, they haven't, you know, I know some of their, some of their stats are skewed because of the monster game against Florida state, but they're holding teams under four yards a carry in every game, but two, you know, barely anyone completes five and a half yards a pass outside of two games. I saw so, and those were early. They're a good football team. And I think people need to take that into account as they get ready for this game on Saturday night. So in terms of the, well, how many Notre Dame players started Clemson team, you probably spin that around and talk same thing with Marshall and Stanford though, right? Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. So let me spin this around and who out there really thinks Dabo Sweeney's not going to bring an 8-0 uh, team into South Bend, Indiana and not play sky-high, emotional, hard-hitting, fast, furious football? They're, they're not coming in. They will not. If anyone thinks they're going to play down to a 5-3 and three Notre Dame and just think this is a cakewalk, that's not, that's not who Clemson is. That's not the program they are. Okay. What's, what scares you the most about Clemson right now? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, man. They're, um, they're skill. I mean, you, you got to talk about their skill. I keep going back. I keep going back to last week's game with the Syracuse game. Let's talk about that real quick. I, I know Notre Dame won and everyone's all, you know, hyped up and crazy, but Syracuse quarterback was, it's like, why did he even play? The guy couldn't even throw or run in the first half. And that's who that quarterback's been all year long. He was so banged up, so beat up. He had 16 carries the week before against Clemson. So it, obviously that defense knocked him around. He was beat up. Dino Babers even talked about that. They play the backup the second half and they had dudes open. I don't think anyone could – I mean, they had some guys open, right? They had some guys drop some deep balls. That's what scares me is does Clemson – do they beat Cam Hart? Morrison got beat a couple times. That's what scares me is the big playability that they have. Are they the 2018? Do they have the stud pal at slot in 2020? Do they have those guys? They're not the burners, but each and every one of these guys, Mike. I, I'm going over recruiting rankings. When you look at all their skill, the linebackers, the D-line, everybody's a top 100 recruit that starts for this team outside of the offensive line. They are loaded with football players. Yeah. Uh, we had a comment, and I could just see the, the the YouTube comments after this, and people listen to via podcasting a lot. The Mike sure. Singer is a real dummy. Thank you, Eero520, um, for pointing out that it would be – I got it backwards. Yeah, it would be six and a half on a neutral field and not the opposite. So um, very wrong there. Uh, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> so, yes, if it were a neutral field, they're, they're saying Clemson's about a touchdown better. So apologize for that. My point there was uh, – And that's and I, and I would say that if, if they're on a neutral field, this was a bowl game, I would definitely say Clemson. I would give them a touchdown favorite without a doubt. And, um, you know, and uh, – the skill, you know, one thing real quick on Clemson, you know, I know they've given up some passes at times, young in the back end, their linebackers are fast as could be, but Mike, they have over 40 pass breakups in eight games, 40. They're, they're around the ball. They're tipping things, breaking things up, 40 pass breaks up as a team. Notre Dame, I, I think it was, I got it right here, 14. Notre mm -hmm. Dame's got 14 pass breakups in comparison. Sacks are equal. Clemson's 22, Notre Dame's 24, so that's a wash right there. But uh, the ability to make plays on the ball, that Clemson back seven, I mean, that jumped out when I started doing some stats, how uh, dynamic they are. And then 
DJ is going to be talked about a ton, their quarterback. But you know what? He does pass the ball around. They got five guys with, with nearly 20 or more catches, you know, looking at their stats. So he has passed the ball. You know, he has spread it around quite a bit. So it's a good football team. They're not going to blow you out 40, 49 to you know 10 like they did with Lawrence and obviously Deshaun Watson. But, man, they're, they're tough to beat, especially this year. Yeah, DJ. Oh, man. Uyangalele. I haven't tried to say that one in a while. Uh, 150 for 234 in, in his completions attempts, 1,803 yards, 17 touchdowns, four picks. Yeah. He's been sacked 12 times and what is that, eight games? What, what, what do you make from him? I know last year was – look, his freshman season, when he started that game against Notre Dame, absolutely tore up the Notre Dame defense. And you would – going into his season last year, expect, okay, it's Trevor Lawrence and it's just natural progression to DJ where he's yeah. going to be – you know, of one of the next great quarterbacks in college football struggled last year, but just looking at these stats, Tim seems like, you know, he he's done a, a pretty good job this year. I know, you know, Cade Klubnick, the freshman, a lot of people are excited about him down there in, in, in Clemson, South Carolina, but what, what, what do you make about this quarterback situation for the Tigers? He's actually been solid all game, except for the mistake field in Syracuse. You know, like Dabo talked about in his press conference yesterday, like, you know, they only had a couple turnovers in seven games this year. I think they had four in seven games and then they have four against Syracuse. So he was like, we just, we laid an egg. We put the ball on the ground a bunch. DJ did. And that's, that's what kept Syracuse in the game. You know, the, the fumble they had inside the five on the zone read. He, he, I don't even know why he kept the darn thing. Two guys are out there going to hit him, give it and go. But, uh, yeah, he had one bad game. I watched a little bit of his press conference on Monday. The players and coordinators do their conferences on Mondays. Just watching a little bit. It, he's a confident guy. He played for St. John Bosco, one of the premier programs in America. You know, what was he, a, a three-year starter there? He's he's a stud. He's He's been in big games. Maybe one of the best high school games I ever saw outside of the De La Salle Poly game and the legendary game 20-plus years ago was was when DJ came back and beat Bryce Young in the CIF championship game when they upset Modern Day, who was just freakish that year, and a, a heck of a ball game from uh, DJ when he beat Bryce Young. So he's used to these games, he's used to that competition. He's had one bad half. Overall, he's pretty solid. And when you watch him, he'll run. He's lost 20, 25 pounds. Yeah. He looks a little bit thinner than last year. You know, And even Dabo talked about that. He was big last year because he thought he had to pack on the weight to run QB ISOs, and he didn't. And uh, he really struggled last year as the team struggled. But um, struggled. they're also a little young last year. Yeah. And, uh, and they still won 10, 10 games. Yeah. Yeah, 10 and 3. Yeah, it's a exactly. horrible year. year at Clemson. They go 10 and 3, and everyone's like, they're down. So let's talk All about right. his stats from last season. Nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Well, he's completing a lot more passes than last year. Yep. I mean the the yeah the touchdown interception interception ratio looks good and then I even um, when I was I had on the uh, on the screen a couple moments ago their um, their schedule you could see he is the leading rusher in a couple games so he's even yep. running the ball um, a little that. bit. Um, a super chat here from Tyler said we need heavy rain and winds to slow down their passing. I mean it's not like Clemson's that much better that Notre Dame needs yeah. you know the the you know the the earth to help them out. Right, Tim? <laughs> no, that's, that, that's a great point, Mike. Exactly. This is not, I mean, that 2018 team that Notre Dame played in the playoff game was just like, those were just grown men out there. I mean, they were just all over the place on that football field for Clemson that day. And that was 30 to three. It was competitive game. Julian Love goes down and then boom, they beat the backup corner back to back touchdowns. And, and they just had no momentum after that. And Clemson just dominated the rest of the way. But, uh, you know, running backs comparable, you know, Travis Etienne to Will Shipley, two great tailbacks, one in the same defensive line. I, I, you know, I knew they were nationally ranked. Four out of their top five linemen are ranked in the top 10 in the nation. National rankings, not position rankings, national that are playing up front. Their lowest ranked guy is Davis. He's probably their best interior player, and he was 150. So some some really good football players. And lastly, you know, let's don't forget, I mean, this, you know, Dabo Sweeney's been there a long time. So yeah. this culture, this program, 
they are ingrained. They know what they're doing. They don't fear anybody. They're going to show up and they're going to play. And I think that's where, you know, I know upsets happen. Believe me, they happen each and every week. Can Notre Dame pull this upset? Of course they can. Run the ball, control it. Clemson, a couple turnovers. But going back to the rain and all that, telling you, you don't want high winds and rain because Notre Dame is going to have to throw the football in this game. They're not going to line up, run it 55 times for 250. If, yeah. if they do, me and Mike are going to be celebrating like crazy on Saturday night. But I don't think that's happening. Yeah, it's one of the – I remember like in the 2019 and 2020, I mean, fairly – routine a lot of routine wins you know some of these mm-hmm. just not even last it's not a lot of excitement this year tim it's been very good for business because we're in the business of exciting like exciting draws you guys in if notre dame is just shellacking everybody um or getting shellacked it's it's not as interesting but you know some of these games man it's it's interesting it's fun and uh this Clemson game, no matter what the result is, it's going to be a big post game show. So make sure you join us for that. Also Thursday, Marcus Truman press conference. will have the Notre Dame only allows us to post three minutes. And sometimes I post a little over three minutes. Cause I, 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 I kind of have to, I'm not going to cut off Marcus Freeman in the middle of his statement that he's given. So we get three minutes of that. So we'll, we'll have the kind of the main highlights from the presser. We'll have that video as well as Tyler Horka giving his reaction Friday. We'll have final thoughts, observation and prediction with Tim Hyde before Notre Dame Clemson to make sure you check all of it out. Um, And then we're going to hear quickly from our sponsor rogue shop, which is a husband and wife outfit as Mr. Rogue and his wife, Shar are craft cannabis farmers who specialize in small batch, sustainable plant medicine, a true holistic type of small business. They farm it and grow it all themselves and do everything by hand. Their website to visit is rogueshop.com. Use promo code blue and gold, which will get you 10% off any of their products. Um, product for euphoria, but so much more, folks. Products that have been known to help with anything from stress to anxiety to chronic pain and insomnia. If you have a question about what a product does, you can jump on a live chat with the owners of the website and they will steer you in the right direction. Um, I'd never used any of this product before, but when they sent me a little care package, um, left me a lot of information and, um, very accessible people. And their goal is holistic healing, making your life better. If you suffer from any of those things I talked about before, stress, insomnia, reducing inflammation, anxiety, and mood disorders. Also topicals that are great for pain in specific areas. Um, Check it out, rogueshop.com, promo code blue and gold for 10% off. All right, Mr. Hyde, continuing our discussion on Notre Dame Clemson. And folks, if you're just with us live, you can drop a super chat at any point, um, and uh, we will get to your question as soon as we can. And please do hit that thumbs up on the video. We're trying to beat the YouTube algorithm. We want YouTube to like us. So subscribe and hit the thumbs up. It really does help. Um, so, Mike. Go ahead, Tim. No, I was going to say, you know, just reading some of the comments and whatnot, and and people are just, you know, talking about if Notre Dame pulls the upset and, you know, what's going to be said about Notre Dame and whatnot. It's like, folks, they're unranked. Okay, they're five and three. This will be an upset. So Notre Dame coming into this game, and if they win this game, this is an upset. Texas A&M beat number one Alabama last year when A&M was unranked. That was an upset. So you have Clemson. If they handle Notre Dame, they have no one the rest of the year. They're going to the playoffs unless they, you know, pull it, unless they get upset by North Carolina in the championship game if UNC goes there. So this will be a massive upset. On top of that, you know, you know, for the history books on blue and gold, you know, the you know, the writers have been mentioning, you know, Todd Burlidge and Patrick Engel in an article today, you know, their their last win against a top five program, win unranked, was nineteen eighty two when they upset number one Pitt. I even went back and uh, pulled out some of the old archives there. The last time Notre Dame beat a, any anyone in the top 10 was two th- when they were unranked. was 2004 when our good friend Mike Goolsby led the upset over Michigan that day in South Bend, the, the big Darius Walker coming out party in 2004. So, have you know, there hasn't been a lot, but there has been some periods in Notre Dame with, with many, many head coaches where they have played top 10 teams and gotten their doors blown off when they're unranked. So this will be an upset. And if, and if people are saying, oh, Notre Dame, 
can win this game. They're going toe-to-toe. Sure, they can win this game. But this will be an upset. And I think, and that will be an awesome, awesome victory for the history books of Notre Dame if they pull out this win. So, Tim, what area of, like, what can Notre Dame do to exploit Clemson? Like, is there anywhere that Notre Dame has an advantage, in your opinion? Not not so much an uh, well the advantage is God I don't want to jinx it Mike seriously do you, do you really are do you I about really to say the D line are you no, saying I'm not going to say it Mike just you blink 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 once if, if it's if it's that <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah I mean Clemson obviously Clemson doesn't have the you know the 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 offensive line that Notre Dame has their D line I love Riley Mills Riley Mills has played outstanding I mean that that poor guy gets held 15 times a game it's like he just keeps fighting. Notre Dame D-line, that's what won in 2020 now, that home game. They just stuffed the run with Heinish and those MTA and those guys up front. They played their tails off. Dalen Hayes on the edge. And, man, they played so hard and so physical in that 2020 game. Notre Dame could do the same thing up front. You know, obviously Notre Dame's strength is the running game, which goes right into the the front seven for Clemson is athletic. I mean, it. I mean, they're better than Ohio State up front. And we saw what Ohio State did. But this O-line is gelling. This O-line has vastly improved since those first two games. And, um, you know, Patrick put it in an article today, and I've been talking about the last few weeks. Those first two games, they were ranked 101 in, in rushing offense. You know, they're now in the top 40. You know, they're in the 30s now in rushing offense. So this group has been together these last six games. Keep getting better. Outstanding football players led by – Alton Patterson on the left side. So, you know, if they come to play and this O-line takes care of business and just takes over the football game, because they can, they definitely can, then that's where the game's going to be won. You got to protect, you got to protect Pine means controlling the clock, moving the sticks. So Pine doesn't have to go, you know, four wides and chuck it 45 times in this game, because it will be a blowout if that happens. So at the start of each show, after our little banter, we do our best of the week. And Tim's was talking about Joe Walt, Michael Mayer. That yeah, that's nice. But mine was the interview that's about to happen. This is this is the best yeah. thing for me this week. Getting to have Cam Williams on our show, and he's here. So let, let's go ahead and bring him on, Cam Williams, and the beautiful head of hair, man. I mean, this. Oh, I mean, it, it, it's it's fantastic, Cam. How are you doing today, man? Uh, I'm thank you by the way, and uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Hey man, I'm good. both of you. Both uh, of you. Yeah, Doing really yeah. good, Cam. Thank you. Good. Yeah. So I first want to start with this this beautiful ranking. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of leaked you the news, you know, if you remember that night before. I was like, yo, Cam, man, you're gonna see a nice graphic tomorrow. Yeah. Where you're gonna be ranked, you know, number 20 overall player, number five wide receiver. Did it feel good that you know, like, hey, put in a ton of work? I mean, rankings aren't everything, but I'm sure you still like to see that bump. Yeah, I mean, um, I still never really like take rankings like as a huge thing but it's still nice to see that um i'm kind of like getting the respect that i think i yeah i deserve um because i mean i know how good i am so it's good to see like you know like coming to play especially on i guess like the rankings so i'm gonna pull up your um your junior season stats now you guys lost in the first round of the playoffs so yeah. that that's always that's tough, but yeah, that, that wasn't so fun. But yeah. I'm missing one game. I'll have to go back and check it. But through your so all of your games except for one, which is what I think nine nine games I have maybe eight. Yeah. 44 receptions, 882 yards, 13 touchdowns, plus 13 rushes, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Man, tell me about your junior season. Um, it was it was electric. That's for sure. Um, we have a very dynamic offense, and I think. Um, our entire offense uh, this year was just kind of centered on how we have athletes all over our uh, receiving core and running backs, even our quarterback. But um, our main focus was just how we can kind of move me around um, in different spots and use me different ways. Because, you know, teams from last year now know kind of like who who I was as a player. And they kind of knew like just a single coverage wasn't really going to was going to do it. So it was a lot of bracketing um and all that annoying stuff that i had to see every friday so there was just um those were those were just all ways you kind of moved me around and got me to score so 
Cam's recruiting story is one of my favorites that I've ever covered. And I've been doing this since Cam was in like, like seven years old is that he grew up a Michigan fan. Plenty of Michigan fans in this man's family and Michigan was considered the early leader. And then it got that Notre Dame offer and just fell in love. I remember you telling me that you didn't expect to love Notre Dame as much as you did, but you went on campus, you balled out at Irish invasion yeah which I'm going to play that video too. I hope it's not too choppy for folks watching on YouTube, but uh, can you, can you uh, kind of expand on that a little bit, Cam? Uh, like you said with that, um, one of like the closest people uh, in my life being my grandfather, who's like my biggest uh, influence. He's a, believe it or not, he's like a Notre Dame hater. You know, he, he, he likes him a little now, more now, but um, I kind of just took after him. As I said, like, he's like my biggest influence, but uh you know, I, I had I, this. This is the like one of those few times I had to go against him, and I was like, "You're just gonna, you're just gonna have to love it. It doesn't matter." He said, and he's told me he's like, uh, "That's fine, but I'm only wearing um, any sort of jersey or shirt if it has your name on it. If it doesn't, then forget that." So we've tried, we've tried buying him stuff, but he's like, "It doesn't have my name on it." So he's like, "I'm not gonna wear it." <laughs> I'm That's like, "All right, awesome. that works. That's awesome. That's fine." Tim, you got a question for Cam? Well, no, I was. It's it's funny, Cam. I'm I'm the complete opposite of your grandfather. My grandfather was my hero, my idol. He was unbelievable. I'm a. I grew up a big Notre Dame fan because of my grandfather. So mine's the opposite of yours. There, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Grandfathers are awesome, man. They love they love no, their they college are. football. He's you a, know, but I'm watching this film and uh, you know, and, and hearing you talk right now, my big question is, who's your influence? Who do you watch when you're hanging out on the weekends and? you're on your iPad or your iPhone and you just start like, man, I want to watch so-and-so who do you pattern your game after you? And who um, do you study to be like, that's going to be me in seven years from now. So to speak. the dudes that I watched the most from the start has definitely been uh DK Metcalf. That's for sure. Gotcha. Um, I just, that dude's uh, a little animal on the field. And then I've started kind of more so the fundamental aspect. I've been watching a lot of, uh, a lot of Stefan Diggs and how he kind of plays because that dude's, yeah, I'd, I'd always see his, his videos on social media of him, you know, putting in the work and, you know, working on his, his craft. And I was like, and it's, and it's showing every, every time he plays. So kind of those two guys, I think are the, the two uh, main ones that I kind of watch. Yeah. I, like, I was looking at your Instagram and you, I think you had posted Stefan Diggs, uh, an IG reel or something of him. So when, when Tim yeah. told me to ask you that question, I was like, I, I hope Stefan Diggs yeah. pops up. Is there a receiver that you're not saying you're, you're as good as him or anything like that right now, but someone in the NFL that you, you kind of think your game resembles the most right now. So just so maybe some fans who haven't seen you as much might get an idea of what um, he's getting. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, well, if you were to watch me play, people guard me like they think I'm Calvin Johnson or something. You know? <laughs> I'm not. But, um, but who I think, um, I don't really know. I was just like, I was used so weirdly this year. I don't know. I could, um, like I said, I try to like to resemble my game off of the dudes I named. Yeah. Um, kind of just those guys who go and get the ball, you know, people like that. Tim? Mike, Mike, I have a follow-up off of that. So, Cam, have you gone back and has Coach Stuckey sent you his highlights for you to break down his uh, his highlight films back in the day at Clemson? Um, no, but I have watched them. And, oh, good uh, to go. He was actually kind of nice with it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, diving catches and stuff on his highlight reel. Oh, uh, yeah, he was good. Oh, yeah. But, no, he, he hasn't. he's never really, like, mentioned it to me. Maybe I'll bring it up with him. And so, I love it. He tells me. So Cam committed to Notre Dame at the end of June. Spent a few months. I'm sure September 1st was crazy. All these coaches hit you up, even though you're committed to Notre Dame. Just how's that committed life been treating you? And just how's everything, you know, been with the Notre Dame commitment lately? Um, well, one, it was really nice from the time it happened till September 1st, because, you know, nobody was telling my coach to tell Cam to call them. Um, but now that September 1st is around, and I'm officially a junior in terms of I became officially a junior in terms of like the recruiting road. It almost feels like not like how it was before with coaches like you know always you know grabbing at you, but excuse me, but they still do. Um, and I mean, I I know why I picked where I picked, so there's really for me no reason to entertain the 
idea of the other coaches texting. So I think now it kind of gives me more of a reason to be able to like be away from that, um, be able to focus on like one thing. You go, you going to Notre Dame this weekend for the Clemson game? Yeah, I think it's like I think all I think most all of the twenty twenty four class yeah, pre commits is going packed. Jeez. <laughs> just tell me about like the 2024 class, the excitement that you guys have. It's a strong group already. And yeah. you, know, you got to talk about your boy CJ Carr as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I would say, I think it kind of starts with CJ. Um, like you get a quarterback off the bat and it's like, not every, all the other pieces just are going to fall in. And I'm pretty sure fans kind of, kind of knew that because you, you see CJ, he's always recruiting. Like the dude made a sweatshirt with uh, what's his, <laughs> Well, St. Luke guys, yeah, yeah, with all of them on a on a sweatshirt. <laughs> um, so people just get excited about him, and then of course, for example, um, players like uh, me also uh, get excited by that. And then you know he's a dude that you kind of want to be around. So that just uh, you know brings guys in. And like I said, we you know Jack committed, and then we got. Uh, a couple offensive linemen. We got Brandon, and it's like I know they're just they're just gonna keep coming because I know CJ's on people's people's in people's heads like he was in mine, and you know I'm trying to do the same. So um, I think our class would definitely be something something really special. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did we had one question here um, uh, from our YouTube audience. Um, David asks when you when you as a recruit see Notre Dame falter a bit like on the screen, yeah, five and three is not the worst thing ever but certainly Notre Dame standards I mean they've been winning ten games every season since 2016 or you know 2017 I should say does it make an impact for you at all like seeing the Irish lose or is it more of a thing like okay I I can make a bigger impact um, you know when I get there maybe they need me more that was definitely a popular popular question I think just with um, you know, you know, people asking questions like uh, he did or my peers, you know, kind of just asking, like, does this like do anything? And, you know, I just tell them, I mean, we got next year, we have one of the top classes coming in in, in the country and my class is going to do the same. And I'm, yeah, I'm confident as like a, as a trend, the class behind us is also going to be the same way. So I just tell them it's, it's really just like a, like a rebuilding process. And, you know, you got a new staff in there when you put the, but that staff with the kids that they're recruiting, which is us together, that's, you know, I think that's when they're, uh, I, you know, those wins are going to start, you know, to go back up to that nine, 10 plus range. And hopefully our, and like our main goal is just to get to and win the, the national championship. So, you know, I, like I said, it's, I think it's just a, you know, process. Tim, you had one more, one more thing to ask Cam. Yeah, no, first off, I love what you're saying there, you know, trust in the process, trust in Coach Freeman. You know, it's only guys only been there for eight games. It's like he's he's going to build it with obviously, you know, players such as yourself, which is exciting. But, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're excited, you know, listen to you talk about, you know, players you pattern yourself off of. You know who you're playing game one, right, when you arrive at A&M. So I know you're going to be excited for that. Oh, wow. Your future. What's that? Is at A and M. I didn't even know that. At A and M, two thousand twenty-four. Well, welcome to Notre Dame. So that's going to be go. a fun game one. But uh, you know, you always hear Coach Freeman. You know, always talk about you know the four for forty life after Notre Dame, using what Notre Dame is going to offer you. So, ha- have you thought about you know what you know what do you want to do with that Notre Dame degree, which is it's priceless out there in the in the world as you know. Yeah. And uh, you know what do you want to do down the road? You know, once you're uh, done, uh, you hang up your cleats. Obviously, you know, not everybody can um, play at the next level. And, you know, by chance that um, I just happen to be one of those people, you know, I, I think I'd still want to stay in the uh, in the sports the sports world. Um, you know, kind of like a business aspect side of sports, you know, uh, something along there. And yeah, like, like you said, I mean, since um, I first started my um, kind of stronger recruitment, with uh, Notre Dame earlier this year, you know, the, you know, the, the biggest thing they stressed was, you know, that degree. Yeah. And, uh, I, I knew it was a good school, but I never like, really understood uh, what it did for you until I talked to, like, some alumni um, and, again, the coaches. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, but that's definitely one thing I just want to do, stay in sports, but probably in that business side of things. Fantastic.
Yeah. Well, Cam, I, I appreciate you joining us. Um, oh, yeah, anytime. Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Uh, that's uh, Cam Williams, number 20 overall player per round three, number five wide receiver, and number one in the country for hair. Uh, you're, 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 you're definitely, you got that top spot. But uh, well, it's, it's kind of a mess right now. I had a hood on and I was asleep. So, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it. Cam, appreciate your time, man. You have a good one. All right, thank you. Enjoy you the weekend. You too. Awesome kid, huh? Oh yeah, no, that was awesome. I mean, it was it just it just shows the type of guys that you know Freeman is bringing in. And I know we've talked a ton. Five, it's like eight games. This guy's got you know this twenty twenty three class. What are they up to? Number three, Mike, right? And the in the twenty twenty three recruiting two thousand twenty four. You know, as, as you just mentioned, and Cam just mentioned, all the commits are all going to be there this weekend, and it's an unbelievable group right there with those guys and more coming and some of the, the 2024 guys that you keep writing about and talking about is electric and it's about compounding classes on top of classes. And, and there's some really good footballs coming and Cam Williams is definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Fantastic player. Um, exactly the, the type of talent that Notre Dame continues to, to add um, in recruiting. Let's go back to the Clemson Notre Dame talk. Did, did, did we finish your thought on things that Notre Dame can do to, kind of exploit to Clemson. Do we, do you think we finished that topic, Tim? I'm having a hard time remembering. No, 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 exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we chatted enough. I mean, you can sit there and talk for hours about it. It's going to come down to the old line con- controlling the clock, killing the clock. And uh, what Drew Pine are we going to get, Mike? I know we yeah. haven't spent a lot of time nor, you know, do we want to, you know, just keep pounding that home, but First seven games, 70%. The last or first three games, 70%. The last three games, 50%. Where's Pine going to be? What's Reese going to dial up? Because you can take shots. Teams have proven you can throw and, and hit some big plays on these guys. So, you know, Notre Dame has gotten guys open a lot this year. they got to connect. And um, it's right there. It's right there. It's at home. The atmosphere, Cam Williams, all these recruits, the fans are hyped up. A lot of people believe. Dabo talked about it, how, you know, these guys are five and one since they've got rolling. And he really talked about, you don't even count those first two games. And, uh, you know, he talked about they got a brand new quarterback and he sees the differences in this team. So they keep playing with that confidence and that emotion. Anything, anything could happen. And uh, they really, they just win by one, win by one. And it's an upset that hasn't happened in a long time at Notre Dame. Uh, so stick on a little bit of a recruiting topic after having Cam Williams join our show. We had a, a question come in on Twitter a couple weeks back. Um, Robert says, in terms of skill players, what is the last class that had this much talent in a single class? So um, it was on last week's schedule, but someone dropped the ball and forgot um, to. <laughs> it's usually me dropping the ball and forgetting. But yeah, in terms of offensive skill talent in this just offense. If we talk about the secondary, I mean Notre Dame's uh, back defense backfield is fantastic. But when you look at Jeremiah Love, uh, yep. Braylon James, Jaden Greathouse, Dylan Edwards, Rico Flores, Cooper Flan again. Uh, I mean Jalen. I mean the three running backs are all absolute speedsters. Jalen Mars ran a ran a four five three at a camp. Um, it was, I want to say it was earlier this year. Maybe it was last year. Dylan Edwards won the fastest man challenge. Um, at the uh, future 50 camp over the summer. Um, and he and Jeremiah love were clocked by the UC report. I don't know how they figure out miles per hour based on the, you know, these rec- watching film. I, I don't know, but the UC report clocked them both over running 20 miles per hour. So you got fantastic speedsters coming in on um, the receiver class between great house Flores and James is, is darn good. Um, you got a, a tight end and, and Cooper Flanagan, who I still think Nick Saban's really wanting on the, you know, after oh, yeah. months of trying to beat down that door and it's not, um, not that door has been opened. Um, so yeah, that question of when's the last time Notre Dame signed this, this go to skill talent. So do you want to start first, Tim, just briefly on, on your thoughts on this offense class? Oh yeah. I mean, we've talked plenty about it. It's you keep these guys together. It's like, where, you know, where are you going to play some of these guys? You know, even, even special teams. You know, they're going to have a, you know, they're going to arm wrestle to see who's going to be returning kicks and punts. It is a explosive group. I mean, you can't even say that word enough when you're looking at just, just the running backs, you know, the wide receivers are needed and they're not, and they're bringing in guys that could play. They're all playmakers at their schools. They're all 
big time passing schools where they're getting from, especially Great House and Rico Flores out of Folsom, California. I mean, you got some dudes that could come in and play. You know, Flanagan, you know, uh, you know, looks like another Brock Wright, uh, Cole Komet, Troy Nicholas type of uh, tight end, big, strong, physical point of attack who's going to play outstanding football there in the seams running route. So that, as a group, I mean, you got three backs, three receivers, and a tight end. That's seven dudes that are bringing a dynamic skill set, but athleticism that is badly needed for, you know, for this football team. So it's been, it's been a long, long time as, as you know, the question, your questioner was asking when Notre Dame's brought in a group like this and damn, when it's all said and done, I mean, this is going to rival, you know, maybe some of the best, you know, the Charlie Weiss couple classes that he brought in. Those guys went to the NFL. So, I mean, there, there hasn't been a group like this since then. Um, shift back to Clemson, Notre Dame real quick. So we had a super sure. chat earlier, JP, sorry about, uh, the delay and, and us getting to this. He says, run the damn ball, run to win game score. He's picking Notre Dame by three. We're going to have to save Take our up. game scores for our, our Friday video, because that's really the draw for that Friday video is seeing how Tim Hyde comes up with score predictions. It's always fun. Um, but, uh, it seems you are leaning towards picking Clemson and, and I'm still, uh, I'm still on the fence. Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to be a crazy upset. So we're, <laughs> I I just want to see a heck of a ball game. I want Notre Dame to win by one. I don't care if it's you know two safeties and hold Clemson to a field goal. Just I mean I the scene just real you know the scene of them beating them night game to do it back to back night games you know going off of twenty twenty and this year would be just would would be amazing because last time they visited they were number one so. It'd be awesome. And it is doable. So it is doable, but it will be a, a big upset. It will be a very, very big upset. Yeah. So going back to the recruiting discussion, and I, I honestly, Tim, I, I was dealing with some, with some YouTube chat stuff, but um, did you, is there a specific class that you think is, is on par with this 2023 school class? You know, when you're looking at all positions, Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I got my notes here, Mike. Yeah, I mean, you got to go back to, I mean, 008, you know, but the, you know, you had Michael Floyd, who was ranked 25th. Kyle Rudolph was ranked 33rd tight end. You know, Deion Walker played a bunch. He was in the 140s and Jonas Gray was in the top 50. Do we count yeah, 2008 players? Yeah, 2008, but they didn't have the, you know, the numbers, obviously the volume that this class has, but. Their top tier class. I mean, first first round pick, second round pick. You know, some guys. You know, outstanding football players. You know, two thousand and seven. You had, you know, those Weiss classes. As I'm saying, Golden Tate. You know, was the forty fourth best player in 07. Duval Camara, who set the freshman record Floyd broke, was in the twenties. You know, Armando Allen, who played a ton for Notre Dame. Robert Hughes. He had two running backs in the top ninety, which Notre Dame is is a. Uh, the only time they've done that was with Folston and uh, Greg Bryant in the 13 class. So, but looking over the Kelly years, Mike, the only wide receiver wise, the only ones I could really compare. Cause now, you know, we, we have years and we have some NFL guys is 2016. The top two were McKinley and Claypool, which was number 117 and Claypool who's, you know, in the NFL at 152. You know, Kevin Stefferson, but he was in the 500. So you look at the top two, but they didn't have the running back. They didn't have a tight end. It was just those two, you know, obviously two outstanding football players. And then one of my favorite groups is the 15 class. The 15 class, Mike, you have Alice A. Mack, who went to the, who's still in the NFL, top 100. Dexter Williams at running back, top 100. And then you have two running back or two wide receivers that are in the NFL. St. Brown at 181 and Boykin at 203. But those guys don't match, you know, Braylon James, Great House, his numbers. You know, you got Jeremiah Love, highly. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, my gosh, how many times have you seen Edward score a touchdown this year? His, fil his film, I mean, you've been doing this a long time. It's like, that guy's got to end up in the top 100. His senior film, Who you uh, Edwards, out of, Edwards, the running back out of Kansas. Is it, yeah, but it's, it's, I know it's Kansas so high school, Kansas. I know, but man, is his film is like, he's literally crazy. running. How fast Dylan Edwards run is runs is almost breaking the law in a neighborhood. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so it's like, 
he he posts his highlights or the Kansas, you know, Twitter feeds when I see stuff on the weekends. It's just like, like, how is this? You're right. How is this legal? <laughs> he, he is so fast. But uh, the answer to the question is they threw out some names and numbers of great hey, past Notre Dame Tim, I'm going to I'm going to pop on Dylan Edwards tape. We can watch yes. some senior tape as, as you talk. This, but this group as a whole, that Freeman, Stucky, Reese, these guys have gone out and just an attack because they got to replenish this roster. I mean, you know that better than anyone with the recruiting, what's happened at the receiver room. These, these guys are going to have to come in and play. And I, with their speed and athleticism, it's like, how do they not? I mean, it's like, I mean, just <laughs> there, here, there's, I mean, just even that little 10, just catching 10 yards. Look at his legs. Well, that was more than 10 yards. That was about, but no, but I'm saying just, just a scooped. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just to scoot when the ball's in his hands. I've seen some on-field, like some Kansas reporters, local TV guys. I've seen on-the-field video where it, it, it's so fat. I mean, you can't even do it justice yeah. watching it this with this high up. You know, it is – look at this. When I watch he, the, when I watch his film, I always look at the sidelines and, like, oh. the cheerleaders to see <laughs> – if they're jumping up really dumb, up, up and down fast, and it's like, okay, maybe yeah. the tape sped up a little bit. But no, that's that's not the case. They are jumping around and, and, and moving like normal. Dylan Edwards is 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 just that Look fast. This. So Look at the cut. Kind of, Look at this to, cut. To wrap I mean, this up a little bit, Tim, it seems like, well, first, it's impossible for us to say yes. which is better. I mean, how the heck are we supposed to know at this point? Um, you know, if this is the best, we can all we can do is talk about it on paper. We can't say yes. if it's going to be better than you know 2015 or or 2008, whatever it is. Um, so all we can do is just look at the recruiting rankings and kind of stack it up. And it does look like on paper, yes, this is the best in the yes. recruiting era, which you know, I think Rivals started and started ranking kids in 2002, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I went that far back looking at guys, you know, all the way back to the Willingham years. And I mean, there's I mean, there hasn't been a class like this. The volume of numbers, the athleticism, the speed, the rankings justify it. Um, I mean, you got I mean, James is what, 102, you know, Love is 63. So you got two guys right there in the basically top 100. Great House. Great House has had a heck of a season for Texas and he's going to keep going and this Edwards film is crazy. And then you got a tight end who's probably, I feel underrated. He's been yeah. dominant on defensive end. Some of the deal is film I've seen online this year. And like you're saying, Nick Saban wants him so bad. You know, he's going to go out there during December when head coaches could hit the road. He's going to go to De La Salle and keep trying to arm wrestle him away. Cause he is an Alabama tight end. When you look at the Bama tight ends over the years, Oh man, he's perfect for them. So, um, it's a great class, Mike. It really is. And Tim, year one. This is Marcus Freeman's first. Year one, you know, and real quick, you know, Rico Flores. I know Mike Goolsby uh, talked about him months ago when he committed and how Mike, that was, you know, you know, Goolsby's favorite player was Rico. I remember that video where his route running, the precision, and and I've been Folsom High people is one of the premier high schools in the in the state, one of the premier public schools in the state of California. They are legit and produce D1 kids each and every year. So they are getting great football players out of big-time schools. And, um, and you saw Jeremiah Love live. What? How athletic is he live? It, it, it's, it's a close battle yeah. between the um, for the Joe Walt Award this year between uh, you know my, my favorite player in the class, quote-unquote, or the player I think yep. is going to be you know kind of the guy I'm putting my stamp of approval on. It's going to be close between Jeremiah Love – um, but see, this typically will go to an under the radar kind of guy. Like, yeah. But he he's really not that. He's ranked the th- what third highest player in the class, number sixty three overall, and five running back. It's him, or you got to go all the way down to little old Preston Zinter, who like is having a, a a darn good season in his yes. own right. His coach texts me yes. um, his uh, stats each week, and they just keep getting better. Dude's like. Uh, catching all these passes at tight end and also racking up a bunch of yards, you know, or excuse me, they got a ton of tackles at, at linebacker, racking up yards at tight end. Um, so really like Preston Zinter as a linebacker though. But yeah, going back to love, um, big fan, big fan of, of his athleticism. Just he's a darn good football player. Well, I'm going to, my fan club is going to be uh, Vernon. 
Vernon. I'm telling you, Mike, I've seen there's some, you know, I follow, you know, I don't follow, but I hunt down some of his film from Ohio preps and stuff like that. I'm telling you, man, I love the, I don't, this guy is my favorite. He is a maniac this year. He is, he, he's a stud. So I, that's my guy. That's my uh, Tim Hyde fan Good club. Thing. I, I have just fallen in love. I'm, I'm searching out his film on the weekends because he's a freak. He's a special dude too. Like yes, he's a. There's something about Vernon's a little bit of a throwback. He he does not care about Twitter. He doesn't want to be on social media. He just wants to work. And is uh, he the Vans guy? He's the the Vans Vans? guy. Yeah. Okay. I've interviewed Brendan Vernon twice, and I think he picked up his offer in January of 2020 or something like that. So. Um, he was Notre Dame's first offer in this 23 class um, from from Mike Elston. I think the Irish were still working on the 21 class, or if, wow. if my time, timeline adds up. But yeah, so um, and then um, Notre Dame pulled up. The, everyone thought he was going to Ohio State, pulled a big upset, and, and got him in this class. And um, yeah, certainly a, a if, big hit for the Irish. If he is not on the field, game one in the two deep, I'll be stunned. I mean, his motor. He's. Do you think he, as a freshman? Oh God, yeah. He he's he's got to be a two D. I'm telling his his motor. That's what I see. Yeah, he is. He gets off the ball like he's already playing college football. He, his relentless get off the ball takeoff is is legit. He's already at a college level, and people go on YouTube, Twitter, him, whatever, find his film. There's a bunch of senior highlights out there that just show clips, like you saying. He doesn't post anything, right? You got to hunt it down, and I hunt it down, and he is one special dude. I've just fallen in love with him during this football season, watching all, all of these guys have seen your film and his just pops off. Yeah. Going, going back to kind of, he's a throwback. I remember um, this would have been summer 2021. He camped at Notre Dame. He did like a private workout with Mike Elston, who's of course the defensive line coach at the time. Um, and he didn't need to, he could have committed to Notre Dame and he didn't need to, work. he just wanted to get better. Like he wanted to work with Elston. And um, I just remember hearing that Notre Dame thought that this kid's first round pick for sure. And he hadn't played it down as a junior in high school. Wow. Like, yeah, this kid's a first round player. Um, obviously it, to be determined on if that happens, but um, ceiling is, uh, it, it's high. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Talking about just real quick. Last thing before we get out of here is Vernon. And, and then we've gone completely off the, the, the you know, the beat path on the original question oh. of skill talent. Um, talking here about Brennan Vernon. I mean, when he committed to Notre Dame, I want to say he's probably like 245 to 255. He's beefed up. I mean, he's listed at 65280s. I, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if he's like 290. I think he's a, a disruptive nose. Um, what, what, what do you think, Tim? I think he's he's no, Riley Mills. He he he's Riley Mills. So is he going to be a three tech? Is he going to be a big end? He's very versatile. I I don't know I, if he, he, well, what's what's Mills at right now. How big do you think Mills is? He's that two ninety nine. I mean I don't. He's he Riley Mills when he's out there. To, oh my god! I said I've said it, I think every week on our live shows how many times that guy gets held. He is in the backfield with jersey shredding and no never gets a call. He's he, he's a beast, man. And I think Vernon, when I when I watch Vernon, I see Riley Mills just take off. And I want to put him in a nose. Nose, I want a Kurt Heinisch, just some fire plug guy who's going to take two gappers. I want Vernon in that B-gap, one-on-one. I think he's going to end up being a B-gap guy, just playing straight, just attack one gap. Don't make this guy think. And he will be a, he will be in the two deep next year if they put him in the B gap and say go 100 miles an hour and cause havoc because that is his game. I don't know. I kind of like Love him as a, as a as a good pass rushing nose. Oh no, I hear you. I mean, he, but he, 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 can, he can really play anywhere, anywhere in there. Freak. He's a freak. Yes, yes. The senior film I saw blew me away, and I was like, yeah, he's legit. Beyond there, you go. Yeah, beyond. So lots of more recruiting talk this week than usual with Kane Williams. Fantastic guest. If you're just tuning in and you missed that discussion, please rewind about halfway through the show uh, and and check that out. It was a really good discussion with him. Um, So for more Notre Dame Clemson talk, make sure you check out our videos the next couple days. We'll have Tyler Horka recapping Marcus Schumann's press conference from Thursday. And then Tim Hyde will do our final thoughts and prediction video post right at uh, noon Eastern on Friday. 
Um, so get the keys to the game and uh, myself and Tim will give our predictions. But until then, we are signing off. Appreciate everyone. Do hit that thumbs up before you get out of here. And of course, go to bloomandgold.com. It's just $10 um, to sign up for premium access. And that gets you on access through the start of next football season. Again, bloomandgold.com. Head over to Rogue Shop, folks. Uh, punch in that promo code bloomandgold and pick up some product there. And as always, folks, we'll catch you next time. For the past 30 years, Care Heating and Cooling put you first. You are the reason they are open seven days a week. You are why they make it easy to schedule service at careheatingandcooling.com. Concern for your safety is why they check every gas furnace for carbon monoxide. It's because of you that their technicians are paid to fix your furnace and air conditioner, not sell you a new one. And if you do need a new furnace, their team will make sure you get exactly what you need at a cost that fits your budget. Care Heating and Cooling is committed to doing business right. Call them at 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust.